0: For 40-plus years, almost every message that I've spoken has begun with these three simple words, grace, mercy, and peace. They are yours from God our Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to be with you today, and uh, we have a few short slides that will help prepare and get things up, if you would, Kyle, put that. This is the title, if you want to call it, The Light That Lasts. Now, if you think about it, after today, what will happen to this candle? It'll be extinguished and put away. You know, what really would be nice is if we could take this candle, still lit, and put it where? Where? Out in front of the church, so that every person can see that light of Christ. That's not the way it works, because within a couple of days, what would happen to the candle? It would be gone. I don't know how nice Tyler is, but I know how nice Fort Worth is, and even though we're across the street from a substation of the police, it would be gone. That light won't last. And when you look at what happens with Jesus on the transfiguration, he, for a moment, shows his disciples a glimpse of the majesty and the power and the glory that are his. And he's standing there, and they're just, like we said, overwhelmed. The other term is blown away by today's standards. And yet when they came down from the mountain, was Jesus still glowing and shining? No he took back within himself that majesty and glory, laid it aside so that he could, through the season of Lent, resurrect, or crucifixion, lay down his life for you and me in humility. Well, the disciples had the same struggles. They just saw Jesus, didn't they? And they were amazed In a very short time, what happens to their memory of that occasion and who he is? Ladies, you would say it's like your husband going to the store for you to get something and he didn't take a list. By the time he got to the store, it's gone, isn't it? That's why I call my wife on the phone and say, Would you text that list to me again, the one I forgot? Another way of saying it is out of sight, out of mind. It's a very short time, and those same disciples are going to flee in terror, even after the resurrection, still in fear, hide in a locked upper room, and only 50 days later, at Pentecost, will the Holy Spirit fall on them in such a way as if to say, Wake up! You have a mission. It reminds me of the fact that you and I find ourselves with our batteries running low, don't we? Do you have an iPhone? Do you have a charger? What happens if you don't use the charger almost every day? No phone. Well, at our house, we have a particular drawer that has special meaning to us. Does this look familiar to anyone? What do you call it? Junk the junk drawer. Now, I will confess to you there's another drawer beside it that has other things. That has the tape and pens and little notepads and dice for a couple of games that we play, board games. But this one has a special thing. What, what is the predominant feature that you notice in this drawer? Batteries. Now, due to my wife's organizational skills, they are separated according to what sizes? Triple A for the little electrical things. Double A for the bigger things. C for most flashlights. D for the big honkers that are the ones that I like to use. If I'm going to use a flashlight, I want to use a flashlight. You cannot fit one of those big cells in there with all these batteries if I could use those day in and day out will they last no now your answer is well pastor get some rechargeables well that's fine except what happens to rechargeables after a couple years they lose their capacity as well this my brothers and sisters is a relation of us as Christians And it has its roots in the Old Testament reading that you heard today. Exodus, chapter 24. Remember Moses up on the mountain with these elders at God's command? Down below, people see and hear what? Thunder, lightning, earthquakes. Here are these 70-plus men with Moses, Joshua... And they're eating and drinking a meal that God has set in front of them. And it's almost like being in the middle of surround sound except they are in a calm place. When this is done, God says, all right, you boys go back down. Take care of the people. Moses, you're going to stay. And Moses stays on the mountain to receive The tablets of stone. What happens almost immediately after these elders who have been in the presence of God, what happens after they go back down among the people? What event is next? The golden calf. Almost immediately, the very people who have been in the presence of God turn to idolatry. Moses, of course, as he comes down, sees what's what, is angry, breaks the first tablet. Not a good idea, but he did it. And we skip ahead to Exodus 34 to see the next part of this. Because Moses has to go back up the mountain and say to the Lord, uh, Lord, you know those tablets you gave me? Oh, they, they're kind of broken. Really, Moses, how did they break? Well, they when they hit the ground, they broke. Moses, how did they hit the ground? And there you have it. This is the second giving of the law. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, he was not aware that his notice, his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with them, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw his face was radiant, and he would put the veil on again. There's a certain place that Moses went to for this to occur. To imaginary stars, to anybody who remembers where it is. It's not back up on the mountain. It's called the Tent of Meeting. It is a special tent that has been set up prior to the tabernacle. And Moses would go in and God would speak to Moses. What do you think happened between the times that Moses went in to speak to the Lord? What happened to his face? It faded. It faded. And just like you and me, there is a lesson, a simple lesson here. If we want to stay radiant, proclaiming God's word, we need to be in his presence, which you are. You're here. In front of a baptismal font, which reminds you, reminds you again who God has proclaimed you to be in His grace. You're here before an altar where you have the Lord's Supper, where He says, This is my presence, and I'm with you to give you strength for today, for life, salvation, forgiveness. Without it, brothers and sisters, we fade, we die. So we go to the next slide, which simply is that transition It said, the light that lasts. We've covered a gospel lesson. We've covered epistle. No, we haven't covered epistle, have we? We covered gospel and Old Testament. The epistle is the practical living out of these other lessons. And so it points us toward something else. Something that Jesus has proclaimed would occur. There's another passage from Matthew that comes up. Matthew chapter 5, right after the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Read this with me, please. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. How's your Christian life? Honesty time? Isn't that why we had a confession an absolution, don't we struggle? We know this command, we know it's there. And yet, I can imagine as some of you pulled up to church this morning, you got out of your cars and on the way to church, why did you wear that today? And he said, well your hair isn't straight. And, if you had kids in here, it would be, I want you to sit up and pay attention. Right? And then we get out of the car and it's, oh, good morning. How are you today? Every, everybody's just lovely, aren't we? And then we go to work. Or even in retirement, we sit down with people who want to do nothing but complain. And crab. And pretty soon, we're doing the very same thing. We find someone who looks different. Someone who dresses other than we dress. Someone who speaks differently than we. Someone who perhaps smells differently than we. And we make it a point to go around them because we don't want to get involved we would be much more happy if we are with those who look speak and sound like us it's called a church except that's not the church the church is not confined to this building with these people here today the church goes out like this candle to tell people of the changing grace And glory of God. One more transition, Kyle. If you want a light that lasts, now is the time to turn to that epistle, the one that's in Second Peter, and we'll pull it up. We're getting there. We're close. Did I not, oh, that's, oh, Kyle, that's my fault. I intentionally left that one out. I apologize. And no, I'm not, I'm not getting back at you for last night. That, no, we're good. This, this was, I intentionally didn't put in the passage from Second Peter because I wanted to remind you that you have to look it up yourselves. It's where Peter tells us, I'm a witness of the transfiguration. And he says, I can tell you what happened there. I can tell you about the resurrection. And he said, this is not some, I love the word, cleverly invented tale. It's not a movie script. And he said, it is yours only because God has moved people by his Holy Spirit to write it down. Not just Peter, but people like Paul. James, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all John, all of those. And as we see that word written, it tells us again who this Jesus Christ is. And perhaps most importantly for you and me, it tells us who you are. You are a forgiven, restored child of God. And as such, you have much to offer your family, your children, your spouse. Your spouse, with kindness and gentleness. One of my former parishioners saw his wife going into the early stages of Alzheimer's. He wants to keep her at home as long as he can. She'll do laundry four or five times a day. She'll run the vacuum cleaner three or four times. She'll do things in a repetitive way. And Ed is the most patient, gentle man with her that I've ever seen. I pale in comparison to that. And I admire what he's doing. Some of you are helping to take care of your grandchildren some of you have taken under your wing, someone from here at church or the community. That's not what saves us, but it is the fruit of our salvation. We do these things not to become saved, but because we have been saved in Christ. Paul said, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Today, brothers and sisters, you have a light that will last. It doesn't depend on your strength because you will fail. It does depend on your willingness to get up and to say, Lord, I messed up. Thank you for forgiving me for Jesus' sake and please empower me so that I can do a whole lot better the next time. When you do that, brothers and sisters, you are living in the light of Christ. And this candle will have gone out to the outside with you. You are the blessed people of God. If you want a light that lasts, look outside yourself, cling to the cross, cling to the word and sacraments, cling to one another, and cling to God's promises. And I can tell you by his word that light will not go out. It's a light that lasts. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks that in your word you have told us about people who have stood much closer to you than we. At least they did that physically. But we have been with you and are with you every time we open the pages of your word, every time we speak that word of peace. Be with us, Lord. Settle our hearts. Remove from us the fear, the anxiety, the feelings of self-doubt, and let us rejoice in who you have made us to be for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now, my brothers and sisters, may that peace of God which passes all understanding Keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.